keep in mind when you might need to just press pause for a second on a particular issue whenever something's happening in the world. Now, there are other times where there's going to be something that's happening in the world that impacts your community, your team, and you need to take a pause and respond to it as well, just so they know, you know what? Sonia really cares, you know? Mina and Jacqueline, they really see what's going on and they understand that I need some time. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping product-based business owners turn into revenue-generating, successful, happy product bosses. I'm Jacqueline Snyder. And I'm Mina Kunlosita. Together through digital courses, coaching, and masterminds, we've helped over 50,000 students from startup to multi-million dollar businesses scale their sales while blending in their dream life. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, friends. It's podcast recommendation time. One of our absolute favorite podcasts is Online Marketing Made Easy, hosted by the incredible Amy Porterfield. And I'm so glad to say that we're friends with her. And this is true that we never miss an episode. She has been someone that we've looked up to for so long. And she's been one of our biggest inspirations on our business journey. So we know you are going to love her podcast as much as we do. Most definitely. Our favorite part about Amy is that she's not only just so inspiring and so relatable, but she also breaks down big ideas and strategies into actionable, doable step-by-step processes to get you results without all that needed stress, which you know that we love. Yes. And then plus, in one of her most recent episodes, Amy dives into why she shows up online as 100% herself, where she shares her authenticity in the digital world and what you can do to stay true to yourself. Now, she was also on our podcast last month, so make sure to listen to her because she's just released her new book. So Mina and I believe that staying true to yourself is one of your greatest superpowers, and this episode really reinforces that belief. It's so good. Listen to the online marketing made easy wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. So we are super excited today because we are bringing you a very special guest and what I can call now a friend. We're so excited to have our um, an incredible person. She has an amazing podcast and she is an inclusive brand coach and strategist. So welcome to the podcast, Sonia Thompson. Thanks so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. We're so excited. And we were able to be on your podcast, which was just, I don't know, we love you. I hope you love us as much as we love you. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> not to put you on the spot on the air. Not to not to make you say that you love us forever on air, but there it is. <laughs> I do. I love. I, <laughs> we had such a great time chatting, and then um, I'm just I'm I'm really enjoying being in your world and um, seeing you all everywhere. So yes, the love fest is real all around. <laughs> <laughs> so tell our listeners a little bit if they're just getting to know you now. Tell us. Tell them a little bit about you. Sure. Um, So I um, am approaching nearly 20 years um, in in marketing. Um, I started off like in corporate. I spent nine years in healthcare marketing. But then um, for the last 11 years or so, I have been um, working, building my own business. And I right now help people um, build more inclusive brands 
that attract and retain diverse customers and talent. Um, I got here at that point um, for the because I'm somebody who has a lot of differences. Um, so I spent a lot of time being a very frustrated consumer. I spent a lot of time whenever I worked my corporate job being a frustrated employee. Um, and a lot of that had to do with the differences that I have. Uh, I firmly believe that everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. And it's just a matter of, um, for me and what my personal mission is now, is making sure that I equip business leaders, um, entrepreneurs, business owners on how they can make the people that they serve, which includes both their team and their customers, feel like they belong as well. I love that. You know, I think that you often say that this is the future of marketing mm-hmm. and we believe that too. And hopefully the future of the world, because it is so true what you said about, you know, you grow up and you're just like, what, you know, there's different things of why am I here? And I don't feel like I belong. And I think that will subtly shift with all of us being more, um, more open to what you're saying, open to your messaging, right? Your message, I mean. So tell us a little bit about like what you do teach and um, you have a framework, is that right? I do. Um, The 5C framework for building an inclusive brand. And really, um, I think a lot of times whenever people are thinking about inclusive marketing in particular and how they can attract and retain um, more diverse consumer base, um, they think it's something that can be as simple as like swapping out some photography on your promotional channels. Um, maybe it might be putting something in an additional language. And while those things are helpful and they're useful, um, they are not the end-all be-all of what will just open the floodgates of people feeling seen and like they belong and wanting to buy from you. Especially now as more and more brands um, and businesses are starting to try to attract more consumers, people who are historically have been underrepresented and underserved are much more skeptical. Um, So brands need to do a lot more work to sort of prove that they actually do care about the individuals and they're not just, you know, after their money. So the framework that I um, have, the 5C framework, really walks people through both the internal changes as well as the external adjustments that people need to make to build an inclusive brand that makes it sustainable over time. So if you want, we can walk through each of those 5Cs just so people are familiar with what that looks like. Yeah, we can do the top layer so then they, you know, they can jump into your program um, if they want to work with you more in depth. But I think that it would be really helpful. Like you said, we tend to think about like, do I change photography? Do I change my language a little bit? But it's not going to be um, the thing that is going to really set the dominoes into motion. Um, so let us know what those are the on the top level, I guess. Before you jump into, I just want to clarify for friends out there that are listening. When we talk about inclusion and diversity on your website, for example, the inclusion and diversity you're talking about is more than just perhaps, you know, like skin color or cultural representation, right? So could we just talk about what that is first? And then my second follow-up question is, is do we all have to be inclusive to everybody, Okay, right? Like, cause it, that also sometimes starts to feel overwhelming. I think too, it's like, well, how, how do we, how do we do it all? So Absolutely. we can break that down and then we can get into the, the tactical. Sure. Stuff. Sure. So, um, when, as it relates to, uh, diversity and inclusion and belonging, 
what we're really talking about are there are a number of degrees of diversity. There are a number of dimensions of diversity. Um, as I mentioned, like I'm a black woman. Um, I am have in a, I'm in a mixed race, mixed cultural marriage. My husband is from Argentina. Um, we have a uh, we speak Spanish in our home. I'm left-handed. I follow a gluten-free diet. Um, <clears throat> there are different people who have um, different uh, health issues, right? Um, there are people who are neurodivergent. There are people who have different body sizes and types. There's age, right? There are so many different dimensions of diversity. And whenever you start to think about them, um, it might feel overwhelming if you think that you have to serve all of them, but that actually is not what inclusive marketing is all about. Um, inclusive marketing is about being intentional about who you serve and who you don't. Um, because most people, most organizations, no matter what they, their size, can't does, don't have the resources to be able to actually go out and serve everyone. Rihanna, for instance, um, she's a lot of people are talking about her these days um, as she just headlined the Super Bowl. Um, her brands are inclusive for everybody. They are intentional, but they also have the resources to be able to do something like that. That's not the expectation of, um, of most people. It's more so about being choiceful and intentional and taking the time to say and aligning with your values. Who are the people that we specifically want to make sure feel seen and like they belong with our brand. And that might be one thing today. And you might be able to add more over time as you get more resources, after you get better at serving one particular community or two particular communities. Um, and one thing to note also, as you're choosing to serve a particular audience, that doesn't mean that you're automatically shutting everybody else out, right? So if you decide that, you know what, I want to fo focus on women, um, I want to focus on people who follow a gluten-free diet or whatever it is. That doesn't mean that men aren't going to buy your product. It just means that you want to make sure that women know that this is for them. You want to make sure that you have something available for the gluten-free people. Those are the types of things that um, come as a result of being intentional. So it's not like you're going to just narrow your choices and you know, you're, you're, you're going to miss out on a lot of people. Actually, you're going to open yourself up to even more people by making that intention and making those choices. Amazing. Thank you for that clarification. Cause I think, I think when we hear about it, you know, there's, there's the different paths that we can take. And so I think that really helps clarify. So thank you. For sure. All right. So let's jump into the five C's. Okay. Um, so the first C is all about company culture. And for a lot of people that might feel woo woo, but, um, Basically, how you operate, um, what your values are, what you stand for, those are going to lay the foundation for every decision that comes after. Um, the next one is all about your circle of influence. Who were you learning from? Who were you connected with? Um, how, who is influencing the way you think? Um, and who were you learning from and connecting with? Who's a part of your network? Whenever you have a broader circle of influence, it opens your perspective and your mind up to even consider people who are different from you. I like to use the example before my daughter is, um, she's about to be three. Before I had her, never did I think about um, accessibility for someone with maybe a wheelchair or someone moving around with a stroller. But the minute I had, you know, I was bumping around Buenos Aires with a stroller, I saw it everywhere. I saw, you know, these conversations, these, the, the needs, the things when the needs weren't met, I saw it all the time. Having people in your network who have different experiences and different lived experiences and who are different from you opens you up broadly. 
Um, the next one is customer intimacy. The reason why a lot of people struggle with um, engaging authentically people who with differences in particular is because they're really trying to engage them at a superficial level. Um, when you have a deeper degree of intimacy, it's kind of like, think of it like giving a gift to somebody that you don't know. Um, if you don't know them well, it's going to be very hard to give them a gift. And it's going to be super generic. But if you know them really well and have a deeper degree of intimacy, you can give them something that's perfect that they love. Um, the fourth one is customer experience design. Um, making sure that you have a very clear vision of the way in which you want people to feel as they're moving through your customer journey. And then the last one is customer experience delivery. This is where everyone thinks inclusive marketing is all about. When they're talking about the, the marketing, the language, the photography, the visuals, should you be celebrating heritage months? Like we're in Black History Month right now. Should be here celebrating Women's History Month, things like that. It's all the nuts and bolts of how you show up to your customer and the experience that you're delivering to them and making sure that it's inclusive. But all that builds from the four steps or the four parts of the framework before. I love that. I mean, so good. That is so super helpful. I love that you brought up Rihanna too, because, and, you know, we don't really know until we get into these spheres. And what I really loved about that is that. I don't know if you saw this. It went completely viral, but the deaf sign language, mm-hmm. yes. uh, yeah, the interpreter that blew up because she represented the, that community so well in the Rihanna show. Oh my gosh, she was spectacular. I mean, she got as many views as Rihanna did. It was something yes. as crazy as that. So I love that you said that because we sometimes that it is what it takes a little bit is that circle of intimacy. Like, we, is that what the number two was? Circle right? of influence. In- oh, influence. Some fun fact about that, um, somebody sent me a stat that said like searches for um, sign language course, um, which like shot up like 864% after she went viral. So it just goes to show you that representation matters. And then that representation, which expanded people's circle of influence, right? Um, made them more aware and made them, you know, want to even think about how can I make more people who are part of this community feel like they belong? Oh, I can learn sign language. Let me go look up how I might even do that, right? So it's powerful. Yeah, I love that. Hey, Mina, do you ever wish there was an easier way to keep track of all the things going on in our business than using spreadsheets? Absolutely. I would love to have an all-in-one platform that keeps track for us rather than having to search through our Google Drive all the time. Yeah, because you know we can't find anything in our Google Drive, nor can we really work spreadsheets. So that is exactly what HubSpot offers. With HubSpot CRM, you receive real-time data at your fingertips so your teams stay in sync across the customer journey. You can build better content, generate more conversions, and get the context you need to create amazing experiences for your teams and your customers at scale, all from one powerful platform. That sounds like a dream. Yes, it's why more than 150,000 companies already use HubSpot CRM to run their businesses better. Plus, I've heard that HubSpot's user-friendly interface sets you up for success from day one. So you can spend less time managing software and more time on what matters most, your customers. 100%. So listen, there's no better time to get organized. Get started for free at HubSpot.com today. Hey 
friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. I know, I see. I keep saying content, and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy, they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent, content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. What's cool about that, let's just talk about, let's go into a little bit of Rihanna's brand and stuff like that, is that the interpreter also felt like the brand, right? It wasn't like, cause I've been to theater shows, you know, and like, and there's, you know, it's just kind of like, it's off to the side, you're not paying attention, but she had the movement and the dance and the beat. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was fun to watch. It was, it was part of the show as well. So I thought that was really cool. Um, all right. So my next question is, is your, or your experience, you worked for nine years. Are we allowed mm-hmm. to talk about your for sure. corporate experience? Okay. Absolutely. So you worked for Johnson and Johnson. Mm-hmm huge. If anyone knows this brand, everyone. Um, and so your role, you do, so, whether you know it or not, <laughs> you're using something they've made. Um, so how did you sort of do this in corporate or like what, what, what kind of insider secrets can we know about what something like a really big brand is that they're doing that we can kind of pull into our small businesses? Sure. There are a couple of things, um, that I think really stuck out with me while I was there. So, I'm going to start with one um, that I think was easy for more smaller businesses to implement. And that was that we had people. So in the last brand that I work on, J&J has a bunch of different operating companies. So the last one I worked on, um, I worked on a brand that made insulin pumps for people with diabetes. And um, on our brand team, we had, let's say we were a team of eight people, um, two of the people on our team had diabetes and they actually wore the insulin pumps on a regular basis. And it was nice to have that representation. Of course, as brand team members, you know, we can do as much as we can to develop a deeper degree of intimacy for that audience that we were serving, the the diabetes community, particularly people with type one. But we were never going to know what the lived experience was going to be like. And the people who were on our team were able to bring that to us on a regular basis. Um, And they let their voice be heard. um, And then they just always brought a different perspective. So as you're thinking about um, figuring out, once you like declare who it is that you're serving, wherever possible, bring people onto your team, whether that's an employee or a contractor, or even somebody that you work with on a short-term basis. If you can make sure that you are aligned with somebody who was a part of the community that you are serving 
it makes it that much easier for you. Not that you're completely relying on them to do everything and to be the source of all the knowledge, but they can always be a bit of a checkpoint for you. And they come with knowledge from their everyday experiences that can help keep you honest. Um, and they know kind of what the watchouts are. They know how to help you engage the parts of the community. And it just positions you to be um, better equipped to serve people from that community when you have people in that community who are a part of your team. So that's the first thing. Um, and the second one was um, I was very much involved with employee resource groups um, within J&J. And um, that was more so uh, we had like women's leadership. I was part of the African-American Leadership Council. There was Ola for the Latino community. There was um, um, one for the LGBTQ plus community. There were safe spaces that existed for each of those people who identified as those, as those communities, but also they were um, open to other people who wanted to be allies, who wanted to learn more. And the, the the you might not have a big enough brand to sort of create those types of communities, but that doesn't mean that you can't join one or be supportive of one um, or be a part of a community that's more open or public um, that's not necessarily specific to your company, but it just helps you engage with a particular community more and understanding who they are um, and how you can better serve them. So that's really kind of two things that they did in particular while I was there that were helpful from an inclusivity standpoint. Amazing. So then I have a flip side to that question because there's been a lot of, obviously on social media, so a lot of brands now live on social media and then there's this pressure from the general public, from consumers to speak mm -hmm. on everything. And also, I have a little extension to that, too. Um, not just the social justice things, because we'll speak on different things, you know, we'll feel that pressure. But I also want to know about, like, it was Black History Month this month, mm -hmm. right? Like, can you talk a bit about that, where where it starts to feel, how do you start folding that in? And what do you, what's your take on things? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's twofold, because there's one, there's like, the um, side of, I remember when the war started in Ukraine, we're about a year out of that. And people that day, it was sort of what happened when the pandemic had hit. The pandemic hit and people were telling people, how dare you sell? Just stop. And right. then seeing with the, like the day that the war broke out and there were people that were like, we need to stop. And then there were people who said, you know, I'm going to keep doing business. It doesn't affect me. And I think so often now there's new things that are popping up that are just, um, landing in our inboxes or in our DMs, or we're unsure what to move and we, we get paralyzed. So I think that's the first part. And the second part, I think, are you going with me to like, for example, Black History Month, like do yeah. we part does everybody participate in every month or what were you right. saying? Right. You know, I think that one of the things that we're trying to incorporate in the product boss is that we don't wait until those months to speak on things or do different things. Now it gets really hard because it's like so many different things and we'll speak on the things that matter to us. Like we spoke, you know, like we posted up about Black History Month and where we have things coming AAPI, up. AAPI, anti-Semitism, yeah. things that are like, really specific to us too. But even yeah. even the months, like um, for example, we have things that um, I'm going to be record recording podcast episodes with our masterminders that are Asian American for Asian American Pacific Islander Month, right? So I guess I'm wondering too is what is your take on how we could do a bit more than that or what small businesses could be doing, you know, for those who are listening I think that's even, um, there's an uncertainty to how to approach all of that as well. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Um, so two very good questions. So let's start with the one around um, what's happening in the world and how you should be responding to them. Because this is, like you said, it's starting to happen more and more and more. Um, and it can feel very overwhelming. So the first thing is there, there are different sort of brand types. There are the types of brands, what I like to call our social justice warriors. They are the ones who you're going to see like Ben and Jerry's. They speak up on a lot of different issues. They take stances on them. They're proactive. They're firm. They have very strong statements as a result. For most people, that's not going to be what you need to do. But you do need to be aware of when something is impacting you, your business, your values, and your community. And know when it's appropriate to hold space when it's appropriate to be respectful of sort of what's happening that in a manner that makes them feel like you see and you understand what's happening and the weight of what's going on versus just, you know what, I'm going to sell my stuff. Right. So for the war in Ukraine, for instance, using that as an example, that was something that, you know, yes, there are things that are happening a lot, but that was getting a lot of news and it was occupying a lot of people's mind space. Maybe whenever like it first starts happening and people are reacting to it and responding to it and it's dominating the news cycle, maybe it's not that you need to like shut everything down in your business, but maybe pause it for the day and just kind of see what's happening if you need to pause a promotion. Of course, these things never take into account what you have going on if you're in the middle of a launch, if you're doing that. But unfortunately, the world, you know, if if you're still promoting it, you might look like the odd person out a little bit if everyone is talking about these humanitarian crises and events and you're saying, Hey, buy my stuff. It it feels a little odd. So just keep in mind when you might need to just press pause for a second on a particular issue, whenever something's happening in the world. Now there are other times where there's going to be something that's happening in the world that impacts your community, your team, and you need to take a pause and respond to it as well. Just so they know, you know what? Sonia really cares, you know, Mina and Jacqueline, they really see what's going on and they understand that I need some time. So that can be you evaluating whether or not you need to just kind of send a note to your internal team and saying, Hey guys, I know this is what's happening. I want you to know that I'm here for you. If you need to take some time to like, you know, process what's going on and you need some mental health day, it's okay. Like those are things that are helpful that can be done in private and don't necessarily need to be public that helps your team know that you see them. Right. And then there are other instances where you need to take a stand and you want to speak on it publicly because you want your community to know what your values are and, you know, how you want to go about supporting them and what you feel is just and what's not. Um, So an example of this was whenever um, in major, uh, there were some voting rights um, things that happened in Georgia, I think last year, where voting rights were restricted. And a lot of people felt like it was unfair. It was racially motivated. So what did Major League Baseball do? Major League Baseball moved the all-star game and the draft out of Georgia in protest. They moved it somewhere else. They said, we stand for voting rights. This is something we're not in agreement with that impacts not only you know our community, but all the fans that we have and that we support. We're going to take action in this manner. Um, it doesn't have to be something quite as big, but whenever there's something that impacts your community and the people that you serve and there's in conflict with your values that's happening, it can be a very good thing to let your people know that this is what you stand for and 
here's, and if, and if applicable, this is what you're going to do about it. Whether it's a donation, maybe it's a decision that you're going to make. That's kind of the way you need to go about it. But it's more of like evaluating it on a case by case basis, but don't feel like every time something happens that you have to respond to it. Yeah. I love that. Cause I I think, you know, it was exactly when you first were talking about, you were like, there's the reaction. And then when you were saying there's the response, right? So I think the response does take a bit of pause um, and then in alignment or whatever. And a reaction is maybe just the reaction to yeah. from the get-go, you know? So, yeah. um, and then um, that secondary question, um, would yeah. you mind um, going a, a bit deeper into that? For sure, well? for sure. <laughs> so when it comes to um, choosing who you're going to serve, that sort of paves the way. So if you've decided, okay. you know what? I want to make sure the Black community feels like they belong with my brand, with my company. Um, so then, yeah, a nice thing to do is to celebrate Black History Month. But don't just celebrate Black History Month and like ghost them for the rest of the year. Do it all year long, right? Um, for whether that's AAPI Month, whether that's Women Women's History Month, whether that's um, um, Hispanic Heritage Month, it's the same type of things apply as Pride Month. If this is a community that you've determined that you want to serve specifically, then um, find ways to celebrate them in the months where they're celebrating, but also all year long as well. You don't want it to feel opportunistic, like you're doing it just because you feel like you have to, or you're doing it to um, quote unquote celebrate them, but we're really trying to sell more of your stuff, right? So um, there are a lot of, you see this in Pride Month, you see this in Black History Month, especially these like special edition Black History Month products where um, you're, they're, they're creating things that are trying to ride the wave of Black History Month, but they don't actually support the Black community. They're just people, or they're not supporting the LGBTQ plus community. They're just an opportunity for people to sell more stuff. That's not what you want to do. Um, there are some principles with celebrating different communities, such as making sure that they are always a hero, collaborating with them, elevating their voices within their community. Um, if you are creating special edition products, making sure that um, a portion of the profits, if not the profits, go to support causes that are important to that community. Those are some things that you can do that demonstrate that, hey, we're here for you, not like we're just capitalizing on what's happening. You can choose the education route. Um, you can choose the just elevating voices within those community. There are a number of different ways that you can do it that makes sense for you and your brand with the resource that you have, but it does require upfront planning. So that's why if you know that um, you are going to be serving this community, you've made that intentional choice, whenever you get a couple of months out, you know, you can start to think, oh, what are we going to be doing for this particular month to support them? Who might we need to collaborate with? And it becomes a little bit easier versus, oh crap, like Black History Month starts tomorrow and you have to, you know, um, scramble to put something together because people can tell whenever it's last minute as well. Yeah, I love that. Um, you've worked with so many brands. Can you give us some examples of people who've done it well? Like, what are some stories you could give us? Because I was gonna, that to... was my question. I was going to yeah. ask, like, favorite brands to watch, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really like watching. I love to watch all the things that Rihanna does with her brand, um, just because she's really forward from an inclusion standpoint. Um, I use Target... Fenty Beauty, actually. Yeah. Um, like, it's, so... It's... Um, she does an amazing job. That was one of the podcast episodes that I want to record because she, that, their kind of uh, 
donning her as the the best halftime show commercial <laughs> because she brought in her products right. and they like exploded. So, um, I mean, she's just like a genius. Yes. Um, she does. They, they just have a really wonderful philosophy around inclusion um, because it's really just baked into the DNA of the way the brands operate. So that's one. Um, any of her brands is good to watch. I like Target. Um, Target is always doing fun things. They have a really solid commitment to um, diversity inclusion on a number of fronts. They've got supplier diversity. They've got um, like very clear targets in terms of, you know, how much they want to spend. They've got very clear targets in terms of like what their workforce should be looking like. Um, and if you even look at their pro their promotions and their campaigns, they've been doing very good about um, making sure that they're including people who are parts in the community and helping them to do that. And people, the response that people have to what Target does has been pretty, pretty, pretty um, favorable over time. And the lesson for them is, how they do it on a consistent basis over time. It's not like one year we're talking about Target. Tar they always seem to be a standout and they keep getting better, but they're taking progress step by step by step. Um, another brand that has been making some really good strides is Sephora. Um, they did a uh, racial bias in retail study a couple of years ago to really evaluate um, how people's experiences differed and they've been making a lot of adjustments to what they're doing overall as a result. So it's nice to see that they acknowledge that there weren't, um, there were some challenges in what they were doing and they've been trying to evolve. Um, we were just talking about the Super Bowl. Um, so I was very disappointed in most of the commercials from an inclusion standpoint, but the one standout came from the NFL and that was a commercial where they featured, oh, um, I think her name was Diana Flores. Um, the flag football one? The flag football one. Yeah, that was And good. Um, they not only included her, it was a very, in a very male-dominated sport, so they're bringing more people in and acknowledging that women like football too. Like women are half the audience of the NFL, right? So they're bringing them into it. Um, but part of that commercial was in Spanish, and it seemed so natural. So if we think about the U.S., 13% of the households in the U.S. speak Spanish at home. Um, by the year, like the, the U.S. has more Spanish speakers than any country in the world with the exception of Mexico. Um, and if we look at where the way we're trending, and by 2050, one in three people in the U.S. will speak Spanish, right? So it's, it's, it's becoming a fast-growing trend, but a lot of brands struggle with language, um, and including Spanish speakers or including people who speak another language, whatever that language it is, because there's, you know, different parts of the country where different languages are much more prevalent. So um, they did a really good job of incorporating both English and Spanish into the ad, acknowledging that, you know, in many households, it's both English and Spanish. It's not one or the other, even though sometimes it can be one or the other. Um, and they brought it in in a very natural, authentic way. And they did that because there was some storytelling involved um, of who she was, what her experiences were. And it just made sense. So as we're thinking about like, how might we want to expand our product base to include people who speak other languages, that was a really nice example. Um, and just kind of watching out for how more and more brands are um, incorporating different languages and naturally and authentically will be a standout for product-based business owners and for, for sure. 
and across platform because I saw, oh my God, if you got, if you all go look for this TikTok or reel, I can't remember where I saw it, but it was her showing that commercial to her parents, her real that. parents. Yes. I was sobbing. Um, and they, Spanish, they were speaking Spanish. So I didn't realize those weren't her real parents, but she had told them they were going to be, she was going to be in the commercial, but they didn't know that she was uh, going to be the only one in the commercial, the main one, the featured one. Right. And her dad starts crying. And he tells her that she's a superstar and it, oh my God, I'm getting choked up just thinking about that. But I thought how beautiful that they carried that story over and, you know, that storyline over that that truly is authentically where she came from and um, in a different platform, too, with social media, you know, after the Super Bowl. So it's just so, a beautiful story. It was a beautiful story. But that goes to show you because the majority of that content that what how many people have seen it now was in Spanish and they, there were mm-hmm. English subtitles so that people can follow yes. along. Did that hinder the the emotional connection or reaction that we had or the thousands, millions of people who saw it? No, right? So it just goes to show that you can have, you know, incorporate different languages and people's differences and lead with points of difference. And people can still, and people who aren't part of that community can still enjoy it and they're not going to feel like excluded. And, you know, more people can, you know, just be brought along in that journey. Yeah. Them. So beautiful. And, you know, I, I grew up in Southern California, so I don't, and the language I had chosen was Spanish when I was, you know, growing up. And so I don't even think I realized that it was in Spanish. Like, you know, it just easily flowed in my brain of just sort of like We've been accustomed to Netflix and reading subtitles anyways. Yeah. (laughs) That's because we can't hear. And so it's on for English speaking shows. (laughs) We don't even know what we're right. reading or hearing, you know, which point. also like there's been a move towards like, you know, subtitles for courses and programs, which I yes. also we include as well. So this was so informative and thank you. We had like two big questions for you that we were like, we need to know this for ourselves <laughs> as well. If you couldn't tell, we were very intense. <laughs> Answer these, please. <laughs> My pleasure. Yes. <laughs> um, Thank you so much. I think that I think our audience is going to love what they've heard here. Also, um, we're on your podcast the same day that we're airing this. We're on both of each other's podcasts. So go listen to ours over there, this one here. But tell our listeners how they can connect from you, perhaps how they can learn more from you um, and how they can listen to your podcast. Sure. Um, So my podcast is called the Inclusion and Marketing Podcast. Um, and I talk more about these types of topics, um, more in detail on a weekly basis. So wherever you listen to podcasts, inclusion and marketing, um, and it's also on YouTube. And, um, if you'd like to learn more and just kind of be, get more immersed in this world, um, I have a weekly newsletter. It's also called inclusion and marketing. So if you go to inclusionandmarketing.com, uh, you can get signed up for the newsletter and you just kind of learn more about, um, this space and get more examples and, you know, stories and just kind of see what's happening and get more immersed into this world. So good. Thank you, Sonia. This was so great. And I, I, I know our audience is going to love it. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, for having me. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the product boss podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. 
And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. 